1: Co-worker of yours.
2: Welcome to the Cosmo Happy Hour. It's everything you would talk about with your best friends, from sex to celebrity to entertainment.
3: From the editors of Cosmopolitan.com, this is the Cosmo Happy Hour
2: with Elisa
0: Benson.
3: Can we talk about the word monogamy for a second? It even sounds boring. Monogamy. <laughs> so what does it actually mean to be monogamous? Do you need to be emotionally faithful? sexually faithful what if monogamy is just not for you what if you think it's not for you but it actually is it's 2016, and we're bending social stereotypes left and right, so isn't it only natural that our idea of relationships also evolve? I'm Elisa Benson. This is the Cosmopolitan.com Happy Hour podcast, and today we are talking about open relationships. Joining me in the studio is, we just cannot get rid of her, <laughs> Sex and Relationships Senior Editor for Cosmopolitan.com. Please welcome back our dear friend, Allie Drucker. Hi, Allie. Hi, guys. Hi, Elisa. This is what, like three in a row, four in a row? I think it One might million be in four. a row?
2: It might be for. And who I can love keep it.
3: Count? Who can keep count? Um, well, thank you so much for coming back today. Always. Um, and also joining our panel is Sophie St. Thomas, a Brooklyn-based writer who frequently contributes basically everywhere on the internet to Vice, <laughs> Nylon, Marie Claire, Harper's Bazaar, Playboy, and more. She wrote an article recently for our sister site, Marie Claire, that we picked up on Cosmopolitan.com called, I Tried an Open Relationship and It Was a Disaster. Hi, Sophie. Hi, how are you? Thanks for having me. Thanks so much for coming in. Yeah, of course. Um, I have so many questions for you. And I think we should start off by sort of saying that like right off the bat, first of all, everyone should read your piece live now on Marie Claire and on Cosmopolitan.com. You ultimately decided that being in a polyamorous relationship was not for you.
2: But you spent a long time in it. Um, Almost three years trying to. Yeah, it was a long time. And can you sort of explain for readers who might not be
3: familiar with that term, like exactly what that means to you?
2: Absolutely. So you know, there's open relationships and polyamory is one form of open relationships. And where that is distinguished, you know, from agreeing to try threesomes or to give someone, you know, a pass is that The polyamorous, the amory is about love. So you're not, you're actually dating other people. Within a relationship, you're allowed to have multiple partners that you're not only sexually involved with, but romantically involved with as well. And some poly people will have multiple partners with no hierarchy. Um, The type of relationship that I was in or, or we were trying to figure out is when you have one primary partner, but then you're allowed to have sort of arbitrary secondary partners as well that you not just sleep with, but date, you know, romantic feelings—all um, of that is totally cool in that sort of polyamorous relationship.
1: Right. Yeah. And I feel like as like the vernacular evolves, people need a lot of clarification because it's like polyamory and open relationships. It's the same as mm-hmm. not all rectangles are squares. Yeah. So, so you, you have to kind of totally conflate to open relationship versus poly, and they're actually quite different. They
2: are. They really are. And um, I'm sure we'll get into this, but yeah. It, it for me the hardest part was the. Um the emotional sharing, um, ultimately, when it came down to it, I just couldn't couldn't be cool with having my boyfriend having having feelings and going on dates with with other women. Um, so that was the hardest part for me was the the emotional availability over the sexual availability.
3: And you were with your primary partner for three years, right? Yes, which I think is kind of important. Like this wasn't something you tried for six months. This was a really serious relationship.
2: It was. And, you know, we still talk. Like every week, he's we had a a, a bad breakup, but um, he's become one of my best friends, which is really lovely. And now I'm in a pretty much monogamous relationship with a boyfriend we live together, and he is doing his poly thing. And you know, it took a while, but we're great friends. My ex is doing his poly, yes, my ex is doing (laughs) his poly things. Um, and he's he's totally happy it works for him, and I'm now. You know, living with someone in the relationship structure that turns out was always best for me.
3: Um, I think you know, as we were just saying, like even the terminology here can be a little bit confusing, and you know, people can have different definitions, Mm -hmm. and things can mean different things. So. For someone like you that actually lived through this, like, how does that even start? Was this something that you were interested in? Is it something that your your partner presented to you? Like, I'm sort of imagining almost this, like, formal conversation where Mm -hmm. you have to be like, this is what the kind of relationship I want to have is. Like, these are the rules.
2: Yeah. You know, I think for people that have been practicing poly for a long time, it probably goes like that. Unfortunately, it wasn't as smooth or as elegant as that for us. I think while we were together, he was sort of figuring out that he identified as polyamorous. Um, it it kind of, it, it it wasn't that smooth to be honest. It, it took us, there was a lot of fighting about if we were monogamous mm-hmm. and he knew he couldn't be monogamous and then I, we agreed to try different things. And I think through us being together is how, he came to realize I identify as Polly, and this is how I want to date. And through that time, it was when I realized I'm not Polly. You know, I, I respect it if it works for you, but it's just not for me. So during our relationship, I think we both figured out. Unfortunately, through our in, or not unfortunately, because we both ended up where we should be. But through our incompatibility, we've. Realize what we identify as, but we didn't. We didn't have the smoothest conversation about it.
3: Okay, that's that's interesting. It's almost like something you stumbled
2: into. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm.
1: Was there like a pivotal moment when you realized, oh, this is definitely
2: not for me? Yeah, there was. Um, I sort of talked about it in that article. I think it might have been. There, there's a moment in the article where I discuss. Um, at the time, before I s- became a full-time writer, I worked in television and. Mm-hmm. The schedule was insane and I was a so late night working on a talk show and I was just like <laughs> like swallow like took out an anti anxiety pill, just like needed to take a break. I just like couldn't deal with it because I was um at work and he was on a date with another woman, you know he had been meeting and, and talking with, you know, and I did the whole stalking thing and was like, Yep, he's totally gonna be into this this woman and I just couldn't do it. I, I just that's just not my attachment style. I'm you know, I in a monogamous relationship, this is fine, but I can be jealous, I can be clingy, um, I can be possessive, and I was trying to focus at work in a very stressful job, and I just couldn't do it. I couldn't be present and and do my job when I knew that my partner was on a date with someone else.
3: I remember there's a line in the story where you are talking about that moment where you were like, I had this image in my mind of him or like of this woman of this woman giving him a blow job and that wasn't what bothered me like I didn't actually care about the physical aspect but mm-hmm. it was the idea of feeling like I feel like they were going to have an emotional connection.
2: Yeah, you know to be honest when it comes to things the yeah, emotional not infidelity because it's not infidelity in open relationship that is something that's nice about it is that it's all honest and upfront yeah. as opposed to to cheating. Um you know, but I would, you know, I things like like threesomes and and the sexual part, I'm I'm far more open to and okay with. Um, and I'm not saying that I necessarily wanted my partner to be getting a blowjob from another woman, but <laughs> but that was, for whatever reason, for me that would be easier to come to terms with than a ongoing emotional connection.
3: For sure. And so, when you were dating or sleeping with other people while you were with your primary partner, were you upfront with them?
2: Yeah, I was. You know, I, um, it wasn't a very positive experience for me to sleep with other people. Um, the people I did sleep with, there wasn't that many of them because I didn't, you know, I, this wasn't really a relationship format I wanted, but, um, they were friends of mine. So they knew, they knew the deal. You know, they knew what was happening. It'd be like I was hanging out with a guy I was friends with that, and, My partner, you know, I knew he wouldn't mind, so we ended up sleeping together, but it it was sort of messy, you know, so everyone knew. I wasn't um, on like dating sites searching for additional partners, but the times that happened it was with with friends who knew what was going on, and so so everything was always um, upfront and honest. Um, So would you try another open relationship? No, I would not try another polyamorous relationship. Polyamory is interesting. Um, it's it's controversial, but some polyamorous people believe it's a sexual orientation. Mm. Um, and where other people are just like, no, that's a lifestyle. You know, you can't backpack on the LGBTQ community by saying it's an orientation. Sure. But, but there is a lot of sex science that's coming out that show that people with different attachment patterns, you know, we're sort of programmed for different relationship styles. And I am not programmed to be polyamorous. Um, I tried it and it just sort of set me into a panic attack. Um, Would I be open to exploring something like, like a threesome with my current partner? You know, sure, but not full on polyamory where we're dating other people. Right, right. And
1: I'm curious do you think your experience trying a poly relationship has helped you approach monogamy any differently? Like, is there anything you learned from your time that now kind of colors your yeah. relationships in a different way?
2: Yeah, that's really huge for me. Um, you know when you're polyamorous, and this is something I've learned more from my friends who are actually polyamorous and do it successfully <laughs> and, and gracefully, is that if you don't have the definition of the relationship being we are together because we only sleep with each other, we only date each other, you have to look and say, well, why are we together? And you realize, and you have to learn that it's the love and it's the connection and it's something more that defines the relationship than structure. Um, it also, so that was big to me you know um, me and my boyfriend I live with now we're monogamous but you know it's made me realize that it's more than just those definitions that make us life partners you know it's the love it's the connection it's it's something very deep and um, it also helped me deal with jealousy Hmm. a lot Um, you know if you're polyamorous you have to you have to learn to deal with jealousy so things like ex-girlfriends, you know, or like the hot girl he works with. I've sort of learned to better to become more confident in our relationship and let those threats not be such a big of a deal from from trying polyamory.
3: You know, even jealousy aside, like even if you learn to be the least jealous person in the world or maybe you're not naturally super jealous or maybe you do feel really comfortable in a poly arrangement, you know, I think even just the logistics of it. Oh, God. You know? Like,
1: like, <laughs> I know. <laughs> I feel yeah. like so many calendar schedules. Yeah. yeah. You need, like, a separate thing in your phone oh, for totally. each right. person. Right. I
3: know. And, like, I would just, you know, I feel like we've all had that moment in any kind of, like, a friendship or, like, a monogamous relationship where you're a little bummed out. Like, wait, I thought you said you were going to come to, like, my thing after work oh, totally. or whatever, whatever. And it ends up being, you know, I feel like that would be a whole um, host of problems in and of itself, especially because like for all of us busy, successful people, I feel like time management can be an, an issue in a relationship to begin with.
2: Absolutely. I mean, yeah, you're working in the city and you're trying to see your friends and you're trying to meet deadlines. And I feel like you're lucky if you <laughs> make time to go on dates and have sex with, with, your, with one partner. Um, yeah, I don't. I don't know how they do that. It's funny. Um, for another article once, I had interviewed these people who made an app called The Poly Life. that's sole focus was to allow people in polyamorous relationships to schedule. No, <laughs> to oh schedule their lives. Oh my god. Yeah. Oh, it's know, such a problem. It's yeah. a need. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Right.
3: Right. Um, do you have advice for couples that are interested in this kind of relationship or want to try it?
2: Um, I I think the main thing is honesty. You know, communication and honesty it's you know I think a lot of people hear open relationship and and right off the bat um I'm just gonna say it maybe more men than women it can sound super appealing like hey I can for
3: sure whoever I want but I feel like for I mean not not all men uh but I feel like (laughs) this is a bit of like a male fantasy (laughs)
1: right Yeah. yeah but
3: um I right I mean I feel like it's Again, like, obviously a lot of men are in super committed relationships uh-huh. and are happy, I think, but I feel like it's a fantasy for men.
2: Yeah, I I would say, and this is something my my ex-partner, you know, talks about all the time whenever, you know, because we've stayed friends whenever I talked to him about this, he is that it's just not that glamorous. You know, I think few people, as, you know, you might have even, any of us might have even learned from trying just to do, you know, casual sex when you're single. Like, it's never that simple. You know, the, yeah. everyone's humans with emotions and lives and, you know, being in one relationship can be hard enough. Being in multiple relationships, from what I understand, is extremely emotionally challenging. And and for some people, it comes naturally. I think those people probably, you know, know that. Um, if you're looking to explore it, I would say, make sure if you're already in a relationship with someone, you guys have a really solid foundation and you gotta be able to communicate. And if it's not working for someone, Um, you're gonna have to come to an agreement. But um, what I learned the most from myself is that because I am very open-minded and very respectful of various sexualities, you know, I was like, yeah, I got this, like, I'm an open-minded girl, I can do this, and then ultimately I couldn't. And I think it probably would've been easier if I had just been honest with myself about that from the beginning so communication and honesty not only with your partner but also with yourself is really important when navigating the exploration of various relationship structures yeah.
3: uh, being honest with yourself is the hardest mm-hmm. it's
2: true. yeah it is
3: at, every day i'm trying to <laughs> that. okay so i think it's time to go ahead and dial up our next guest Welcome to Play It, a new podcast network featuring radio and TV personalities talking business, sports, tech, entertainment, and more. Look for us online at play.it. One of the things that makes open relationships easier today than ever before is the fact that obviously you can find them online. So whether you're looking for an open relationship, someone to hook up with, or a third person to join you in the bedroom, you can find all of that on any kind of dating app. So here to talk about that, plus how to bring up an open relationship with a partner, is Match.com's relationship expert. She is she has a doctoral degree in psychology and specializes in relationships. Please welcome Dr. Kimberly Moffitt.
4: Hi, Dr. Kimberly. Hello. How are you? I'm great, thank you. How are you?
3: Great, great. So as you know, we're talking about open relationships, and we want to figure out how that ties into online dating. So when someone's Absolutely. on a dating site like Match and looking for an open relationship, Should they be upfront about that? Put it in their profile? Is that sort of airing too much dirty laundry too soon?
4: (laughs) That is a great question. I think when you're online dating, the key is to be as open and upfront as possible about what you're looking for in a relationship. I mean, that's just about everything you put on your profile should be an accurate reflection of who you are and where you're at in the moment. But with that being said, sometimes we don't always know fully what we're looking for. Sometimes we think we're looking for something long term, marriage, kids, everything like that. But then we meet someone and they seem like, you know, being in an open relationship with them in that moment is the right thing at the right time. So I think it's important to be as honest as possible, but also, you know, forgive yourself if you kind of change your mind along the way, because sometimes open relationships happen unexpectedly. You know, that's actually
3: something that we were just talking about right before we jumped on the phone with you. Um, And Sophie had brought up this point about really needing to be honest with yourself about what kind of relationship you want. But Mm -hmm. as somebody that is online dating at the moment, like, Mm -hmm. I think that is so tricky like it's really easy to go into it saying like oh like I don't want to be in a relationship I just want to keep things casual but like obviously I don't really mean that and I fall in love with everyone (laughs) five seconds after (laughs) I start talking to them so I think it's a little I think it's a little tricky for anyone to sort of I don't know like sometimes I'm surprised or I don't know if it's fair to say that this is a gender thing, but I almost feel like men sometimes are the ones that can be so sure about exactly what they're looking for. And I just, as a woman, feel like that's maybe a (laughs) bit fake.
4: Yeah, well, I think that sometimes people come off with this air of confidence. They know exactly what they want, but... I feel like when it comes down to the person, I think we nobody truly knows what they want until they're actually in that situation. And that's what makes open relationships really so tricky and complicated. Um, but nobody truly knows. And I think the key is just kind of learning about yourself as you go through the process, being open to what's out there and encouraging you know the person that you're dating or the person who you're chatting with to feel the same way too, encouraging them to kind of explore what options are available and doing what feels right in that moment for you.
3: So what do you tell clients who want to
4: have open relationships? You know so they're <laughs> number one they're really complicated and there's a couple of different ways that an open relationship can happen number one is you know kind of like your situation where you're you're entering into like a new relationship and um that would be kind of an open relationship from the get-go if that's what you're looking for but then there are other people who come into my office who have been in long-term committed relationships for a really long time and They, you know, something's not working for them. Maybe they want to spice things up and they decide to renegotiate the terms of their relationship. And in that case, there is a lot of work that needs to be done because even if you do everything right, even if you negotiate and you do all the proper communication tips, there's still no guarantee that that open relationship is going to work, and there's no guarantee that your relationship is going to survive. So, um, so the biggest piece of advice I have is just that really clear expectations and boundaries, and always touch base along the way. You know, and I'm sure you you must intu- have uh, touched base on this already, but. Um, Are you going to be seeing individual people? Are you going to invite somebody new into the bedroom? How much are you going to dish with your partner about what actually happens? And all of this needs to be negotiated in advance right
3: um and I kind of wanted to ask about the specific like level of detail and like Sophie I don't know if you have any thoughts from your own experience you want to share about this but is there is it better to sort of have like a okay we sort of agree on the general terms but we have a don't ask don't tell policy about what exactly <laughs> is happening or is it better to really be explicit with your partner about like what went down I honestly yeah. don't know they sort of both seem terrible to me <laughs>
4: <laughs> well yeah I mean it, I mean neither one of these is going to prevent the feelings from coming out, and there's a lot of unexpected, really raw, real feelings that can happen for couples when they go through something like this, Um, and I'd say it's a very personal decision to decide on what you're going to share with your partner, and that also has to be agreed upon in advance. Um, My preference personally would be the don't ask, don't tell policy, because I do believe that things are always worse in our heads than they are in reality. And the more explicit details that come out, just the more curiosity, frustration, anger um, and, and jealousy can come out. So I'd say that. Um, That policy, in my opinion, probably works better for couples, but you really need to kind of figure out what you think would be best for you. What's best for you. Sophie, what did
3: you have um, guidelines about that with your ex?
2: Um, We didn't have strict guidelines, but we were very open with one another. Um, Something we haven't talked about yet, which was also very challenging for me, is that I am like a... Like a, like a health freak, especially when it comes to possibilities of STI transmission. So that was a huge concern for me mm. um, when I knew mm. that he'd be going out and seeing other people. And so I, I would want to know often. I'd be very curious from a safe sex standpoint, um, yeah, how like, how far they went and what happened. Exactly. Because what exactly did you do? Yeah. What types of protection? Exactly. Because exactly. yeah. um, that, that, that made me very, very anxious, um, you know, mm-hmm. and you know, having safe, that's another conversation, but um so so I ended up kind of wanting to know because, you know, while I trust him that he would be implementing safer sex practices, um, yeah, it, it just drove me a little crazy, to be honest with you.
4: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and I'd say that Sophie, that's something that, um, you know, if you guys, Uh, you know having that conversation in advance could be really important so maybe it's that you agree that you know you're both going to take an STI test once a month just so that you're both feeling comfortable and less anxious about what's actually happening and again if that's agreed upon in advance then nobody can get angry and it's kind of just like this ritual that you have within the relationship and that way everybody can feel good and um and not at risk because obviously that's not the intent of something like that
3: And Dr. Kimberly, what do you think about more of a hall pass, like sort of giving someone like a one-time option (laughs) to explore outside the relationship?
4: Yeah, well, again, I'd say like you have to really understand what works for you. And if you think, like first of all, I'd say, figure out what the problem is that you're trying to solve in the relationship. So what is a hall pass going to solve, right? And sometimes people suggest open relationships because usually in my opinion, it's because they need they feel the need for excitement or for a new sexual encounter. And so what are you missing in the relationship that that sexual encounter will provide? And so you really need to understand what that would do for your relationship. And um, a hall pass could work. I mean, it's something that I feel like a lot, I mean, Everything in a relationship you should be open to. Um, research tells us that about five percent of people um, engage in open relationships, but that about thirty to sixty percent of people in their marriages will be unfaithful at some point. So a whole wow, point- yeah. which like <laughs> yeah, kind of right? begs the
1: question: Why aren't we all just doing this I know. anyway yeah. and like talking right. about it
4: upfront? Yeah, so the, so something like that's pre-negotiated, where everybody's open with each other, even if it is a hall pass, it could still be hurtful, and it could still be very hard, but i say that's still better than the alternative of the people being incredibly frustrated and going outside of the marriage, which breaks their trust, and the trust is the most important thing, I think, in any relationship.
3: You know, I didn't mean to take things in this direction, but it's like, this is all feeling a little depressing. Yeah. It's just like, well, monogamy is boring, everyone cheats, but actually being in an open relationship is really hard.
2: Yeah, I I would agree. I just didn't even, like, really connect these dots, but, um, you know, before I tried the polyamorous situation, I was cheated on and had no idea about it and then found out after the fact, and the lying was so awful that that factored into my decision to say, okay, well, I'll give this a chance, at least everything's out in the open. Yeah, I, I don't, it's, 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 kind of yeah, it's hard of out there all around sometimes.
1: And monogamy doesn't have to be boring, right? Like I think if you take a look at your relationship and you recognize like, okay, maybe it's not as spicy as it once was, there are things that you can make a decision on together as a team to add things. Like, you know, let's say you, you don't want things, you Alex? don't want a threesome, <laughs> you're not comfortable with another partner, you don't want to open things up, but you also don't want to cheat. Maybe you Absolutely. like go to a strip club together mm-hmm. that you really like and like get a lap dance together and have have a partner with you in an emotionally exciting way, in a physically exciting way, but not like penetratively exciting. And then go home and have sex with each other, and like picture it and talk about it. There are things you can do as a team that don't involve necessarily opening up your relationship
4: if that's not for you. Yeah, that's really I good think advice. You hit the nail on the head. Like that's such <laughs> great advice, and really just about talking to your partner about what is missing. I mean, before you actually decide to open things up in that way as a last resort have a conversation of what can we actually do to make this marriage or this relationship more exciting and fun and and satisfying for us both. And I think that that's really the courageous thing to do is uh, to be in a monogamous relationship. When relationships sometimes challenges us in ways that we don't expect, and sometimes that can even be the more brave or risky thing to do, because it's so scary to actually say, how can we spice this up and, and make it fun for both parties? But, um, but I think that because open relationships can be so risky, that that is the conversation you really should be having first to figure out if, there, if you've done everything that you can do, um, because let's be real, more people equals more complications. So if there's four people involved, it's gonna be a lot more complicated than if there's two people involved.
3: I feel, yeah, stressed out just thinking about it. I'm not really a good planner. (laughs) I don't think this is for me.
0: (laughs) Dr. Kimberly, thank you so much for
3: joining the podcast and for sharing all your insight with us. And I know that you have a YouTube channel. Where is the best place for people to follow you, um, get more of your brilliant advice, ask you more questions?
4: Absolutely. Well, thank you so much for having me. And I give weekly advice on my relationship YouTube channel called Ask
3: Kimberly. And my handle
4: for social media is just at Kimberly Moffitt.
3: And is your YouTube channel, is that like youtube.com slash ask Kimberly? Uh, yeah.
4: So it's just youtube.com slash ask Kimberly and it's weekly tips on relationships. I'm going to subscribe to that. <laughs>
3: Absolutely. Amazing. Thank you so much. We ha- I would right. love to have you back on another episode soon. I
4: would love to come on. Thanks so much, ladies. Thank you. Thank Bye. Bye.
3: Play it, a new podcast network featuring radio and TV personalities talking business, sports, tech, entertainment, and more. Look for us online at play.it. Obviously, we've talked a lot about open relationships so far and what that means for you and a partner. But what happens if you open up your relationship just to save it? Our next guest is here to talk about just that. She's a reality TV personality, a rapper, an author and businesswoman who can currently be seen on WE tv's Marriage Boot Camp reality stars show Friday nights at 9 p.m. Please welcome Antonia Toya Wright. Hi, Toya. How are you?
0: Hi. How are
4: you?
3: Good. Where are you calling in from today? I'm calling in from Atlanta,
0: Georgia today.
4: I'm home.
3: You're home in Atlanta. Great. So we have been talking about open relationships all day long. It's been a juicy conversation here in the podcast. And we're really intrigued by your story on marriage boot camp reality stars. So you, so let me get this straight. You gave your husband an eight day hall pass.
0: Well, let me set the record straight uh-huh. <laughs>
4: <Yeah, laughs> That's what we're here for.
0: <laughs> My husband, like, you know, he's, of course, he came up in the music industry, so you know how they kind of have their own little world going on. He's kind of used to threesomes and all of this, and I'm a different kind of girl. Like, yeah. I'm not really with the threesomes and the open relationships and all of that. So one night, he just, You know kept asking me about the whole hall pass situation and he's the type of guy that you know you have to play the reverse psychology game on him so if you tell him (laughs) he can do something it's a chance he may not but if you tell him he can it's like he's all in like he's doing it because you (laughs) said he can't do it so i kind of figured that out about him so the night he asked me about the hall pass thing again um I was like, you know, yeah, whatever, you can have a whole pass. But I was like saying it in a joking way, but I didn't know he was really going to take it like serious, for real, for real. Right. Because like, he knows that I'm, you know, crazy. I've been, it went off on him. So I'm like, okay. So he never mentioned anything else about it. Hmm. Crazy, Um, a couple, like we ended up separating or whatever. I moved in my own spot. He moved in his own spot and it came up again. You know, this was right before we filmed Marriage Boot Camp. Right. And he was, you know, he was shooting all these naked women doing these photo shoots and stuff. And at this point, I felt like the relationship was already, like, you know, we were moving in two totally different directions. Right. I was like, you know, we just need to figure this out. So he kind of blew the whole hall pass thing up, I guess, because it was like a cool car for him. Right. So when we got on the show, he brought it up again. And I'm like, I have to deal with all these people and their opinions about it. I am not the hall pass girl. Yes, I did say it to him. You know, I you know I said it to him, but I had my reasons for saying it to him, thinking I was playing this game on him, but I didn't know he was really like using a hall pass. Yeah, I mean
1: that's pretty
3: slippery. Like he probably <laughs> knew on some level you were joking, right?
0: Yeah, that I mean guys, I that just taught me a lesson. You can't joke into with guys like that because especially right. a guy like that. Right. You know, he takes things a little bit too far.
3: So were you also granted a hall pass?
0: No, I mean I don't I don't want a hall pass. It's if not I'm your in thing. a marriage. Yeah. Yeah, that's really not my thing. If I'm in a relationship or marriage, like I'm into that person. So I'm satisfied. I'm good. Like, there's no need for me to go outside of the marriage and a relationship. You know what I mean? Yeah. So I didn't yeah. Re- I didn't want a hall pass. But my friend was like, if he get a hall pass, you get a hall pass. Right. <laughs> I'm like, uh, I'm good. I don't, I don't want a hall pass.
3: Well, that's been a conversation we've actually been having a lot on the episode, is sort of the idea that an open relationship or a polyamorous relationship or a hall pass sounds really exciting, but kind of at the end of the day, is really complicated and I don't know that there can be
0: yeah it's complicated it is I mean I feel like if you open that up in your relationship or your marriage it's something that's gonna be hard to stop
1: Mm, so yeah say
0: if you're into uh threesomes or giving your husband a hall pass how can you one day wake up and say okay we're no longer doing that without it being problem? that's right? a really good so yeah you don't wanna, huge. yeah you don't want to bring that into your marriage because then it's going to be an ongoing thing and when you're tired of doing it uh you know if it becomes a problem too big that you can't handle you're like i'm not doing this anymore and it becomes you know it starts to get complicated in a relationship so i i mean Personally, moving forward, whatever, that's something I would never quit with again.
3: You would never do. Do you know, do you have any friends where they have that kind of relationship and it does work for them?
0: I mean, I I have friends that, that enjoy it. You know what I mean? But mm-hmm. to each his own, like, I I don't get it. I mean, I, I mean, I wouldn't want to, I'm, I'm kind of like the, I wouldn't say the jealous girlfriend, but I'm not share. I cannot share my man with nobody and just be cool. Yeah. Me neither.
4: <laughs>
0: <laughs> I'm like, uh, uh-uh, uh. You're doing a little bit too much. Stop it there. No. But I have friends that I mean, they enjoy it. They quit. that's a, the way they please their man, uh, they're into it just as much as the guy is. But I'm not a. Tr- I'm not into girls like that. So, I mean, it don't work for me like that. Yeah.
3: yeah. I don't even like to share like my dessert. Let right. right. <laughs> alone my man. <laughs> I don't have a man, but theoretically. Yeah. <laughs> so, Toya, when you, you know, if and when you get into a new relationship, like, do you now feel like you have to sort of, like, do you feel like people have this idea of you, like you're, you know, into this kind of open relationship or you give out hall passes when it's so oh obvious God. that's not, that's not true?
0: This show has, you know, people with it. The- crazy misconceptions about my relationship and me dating so it's like i don't know if guys have an ulterior motive like now when i meet them it's like they're like okay yeah she's a hall pass girl i gotta get down with her like i don't know what people thinking but they really come at me on this hall pass thing and it's crazy and i'm really not that girl right like it's it's i mean it, it, it's been crazy when that came out. It's like girls start coming, like, how you know that's I'm gonna give my dude a half ass. I'm like, no, 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 no. like that is not
1: well. You're that setting that
3: the record not, straight, it. right? You're
0: like, the yeah, only thing
3: I gave yeah. him was a joke that he obviously couldn't take. Um, yeah. so what was yeah, it like I, to work through a relationship in front of reality
0: TV cameras? That was, um. Working through a relationship with real issues, you know, because we're one of the couples that's been married for a while on the show, along with Lisa and Adam, and it's like, you know, dealing with it alone is one thing, and dealing with it in front of a lot of different people with different opinions and cameras rolling is a totally different thing, mm-hmm. you know. So. It was, it's days, you know, everybody will have something to say about each other's relationship. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, they'll be like, Uh, you crazy. I would have never gave him no hall pass. You know, like, yeah. just, they love jokes and stuff about things that's going on in, in, you know, in our marriage or whatever. And I feel like, even to this day, like, if I was the hall pass girl and I was cool with that, I feel like everybody' relationship and marriage is different. What works for me might not work for you. And what works for you might not work for me. And I can't judge you because right. that's something you're happy with and you're cool with And your partner is it works for you. Right. You know, I just know that it, you know, it's just not my thing. I wouldn't, you know, bash you. And a lot of girls in the house, you know, would say things and have an opinion and kind of like judge a situation because they're not, you know, it, it doesn't fit them.
3: Right, and we're really, like, a judgment-free ju- judgment free zone here at Cosmo, but I think that's actually one of the reasons it's good to talk about stuff like this in the podcast because I think there is a lot of, there can be a lot of judgment around anybody that has any kind of relationship or, um, you know, sexual preference that's kind of, like, outside the norm. So, you know, even to have you say, like, this wasn't for me, you know, if it was for you, you do you, you know?
0: Right, exactly. Like, that's why now I'm working on a book, actually I'm getting ready to release a book it's called called In My Own Words and it's kind of clearing up a lot of these you know misconceptions like the relationship stuff, my relationship with my ex-husband my relationship with Mickey, my family stuff This is like a whole lot of stuff because it's a lot of misconceptions out there.
3: Yeah, well you for sure have a lot of stories to tell. When is your do you have a release date yet for your book?
0: It's going to be this fall i know we don't have an exact date yet but we're finishing it up now okay but we'll have a release date in an, in the in the next few weeks
3: okay well we will all keep an eye out for that thank you Thank you so much, Toya. It was so great chatting with you and to get the real story on that hall pass situation. Yes, no
0: hall pass. No hall no pass. Just a joke. If yeah. <laughs> you want to give your man a hall pass, go right ahead, but it's just not my thing. And, and just beware of the problems that comes along with hall pass. Duly noted. Well, well said. Yeah. yeah, exactly.
3: Well, thank you so much, Toya. Talk to you soon.
0: Okay, talk to you soon. Thank you. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.
3: Um, can I just say, men?
1: <laughs> she brings this up as a joke, and the guy takes it seriously. That's insane. I can't imagine. Like, think uh, about all the jokes you've made, like with a boyfriend on our date, or like, yeah. like with a partner. Just like, imagine if they took every single one. I know, seriously.
3: right? And like, I feel like even like threesomes and whatever. Like, everyone knows that's like a sexy thing to talk about. that uh-huh. not the same as like? Oh, it's got to be so
1: much it. harder in practice. Yeah. yeah
3: yeah logistics
1: logistics
3: (laughs) i like how i keep bringing this entire conversation back to like the most boring i'm like the planning no
2: totally it's um yeah i I don't know
1: (laughs) maybe they'll make an app now for like how to negotiate your first threesome it's funny
2: one of um, my ex-boyfriend's girlfriends one of because he has multiple now was texting me she's like She's like, how... D- Wait, is this recording? Yeah. Oh, fuck. <laughs> <laughs> but we can edit it out. <laughs> I don't know. You don't want to tell that story. Um... Just, just the yeah, just the planning seems exhausting. Um, The whole story was that someone who is now trying to be Polly was asking me for advice, and I was just like, "Girl, I don't know. I I failed miserably. It wasn't for me." You're asking the wrong
1: person.
0: You're asking someone who like
2: clearly did not like it. My advice is run. Right.
1: My advice is don't.
3: Well, on that note, I for one have learned a lot today. Same, same. Thank you guys both so much for joining, and we always end by shouting out. I don't know why I say shouting out because it can be more organized than that. Woo, woo. <laughs> Everybody shout it, shout it woo. out! <laughs> but um, letting people know where they can follow you. So, Ali, where is the best place for people to follow you um, besides reading everything, all the amazing sex and relationships content that you publish Always. every day? on Cosmopolitan. Go to Cosmo. Um, no, yes. you
1: can follow me on Twitter and Instagram at Ali underscore Drucker.
3: And Sophie, where is the best place for people to follow you?
2: Uh, Twitter and Instagram would also be lovely, and my handle is The Bowie Cat, that's the Bowie as in David Bowie, and cat as in the the creatures I love so much.
3: (laughs) (laughs) And are you working on anything at the moment you can tell
2: us about that people should look forward to? Um, gosh. Oh, golly, gosh, (laughs) Um, I, I, to be honest, as we're recording this, I'm pretty, heavily um, covering the conventions actually doing some political Mm -hmm. stuff so I can't really think that far ahead of that but but follow me on twitter and i'll tweet out all the articles i have going and that'd be great
3: all your amazing pieces well thank you both so much it was amazing to talk to you about open relationships which i am never in my life going to attempt (laughs) um and thank you all for listening to another episode of cosmopolitan.com's happy hour podcast please share it rate it like it do all the things you do with the podcast and as always you can follow me everywhere at elisa benson E-L-I-S-A-B-E-N-S-O-N. And if there are topics you want to see us talk about and become slowly afraid of on future episodes of the podcast, always (laughs) let me know. See you guys next week. Bye.